the force for that. Children are dismissed for Children's Church. You don't hear that song very often anymore, and I just love that song. Just an old-fashioned song about heaven, and uh, so thankful for that. Uh, do want to clarify uh, one thing um, about the choir. Now, when Brother Forrest said, um, come, come try out, he means just come and see if you like it. There's not actually tryouts for, I mean, that's not how what he meant, but that's how I kind of clicked on it. And um, so there, so just what he meant was just come and see if that's something that you'd like to be a part of. And uh, what a, a, a blessing uh, the choir is and um, with specials and then with cantatas and uh, a really great way uh, to be able to... Um, uh, to be able to serve, and uh, if that is um, if that is uh, something that uh, Lord has blessed you with, if you can sing like me, just stay in the pew and uh, enjoy uh, the singing. And um, some of us just weren't meant to sing. That's why I can't. Man, I say that's why I can't. I, I shouldn't say can't stand. But that's why it aggravates me, these preachers that can sing, and they can preach, and they can do all these different things, and they shouldn't have that many uh, um, spiritual gifts uh, to be able to use for the Lord, but we certainly praise the Lord uh, for that. Matthew chapter number 11 this morning, Matthew chapter number 11, anybody in here likes to take a nap? No. When I was a kid, man, I'm here to tell you I refused to take a nap. As I got older and I was in my uh, teens, I refused to, to take a nap. When I got into my 20s, listen to me, I, know, I still don't like sleeping a whole lot. I don't, I don't do a bunch of it now, but I, I just refused to nap. But man, after I hit 40, I'm thinking to myself, naps are pretty nice. I don't get them very often. Now, don't listen, it better be an emergency on Sunday for me not to get my nap. Sunday, I always get my nap on Sunday unless something emergency comes up. But um, uh, uh, naps, why do we nap? Think about it. Why do we take a nap? Because we need we need rest, right? We need rest. Matthew chapter number 11. What a great passage of scripture uh, we find here. Um, everybody needs rest. If you are, if you are a person um, like me who doesn't require a lot, I've never really required a lot of sleep, um, and so I can go off of very, very little sleep for just so long. And then your body goes, yeah, that's enough. And you go unconscious. Every once in a while, my wife will, we, we do the diffusers. You know, we do all the, diffuse all the essential oils and all that. I can't do, I can't even let lavender touch my skin. Because it puts me out like that. I mean, Alf. So every once in a while at night, she'll slip lavender into the diffuser. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm going, what, what just happened? And I know automatically that she put lavender in and I slept 
all night long. And so sometimes your body says, enough. You've been going, you've been doing, you've been working, you've been burning the midnight oil at both ends. Let's tell you, it's time to rest. But I want you to know something about rest. Rest is not only for the physical part of the body, but there should be rest for the spiritual part of the body as well. Sometimes we can go, 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 and never get the solitude or the rest that we need. You ever heard the terminology, getting alone in your closet? Getting alone in your closet to pray? To pray, what does it really mean? It doesn't really mean you have to actually get in the closet. However, my daughter Emma, I remember when she was younger, we would go into her room and, 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 and go, and say, Where, where's Emma at? And she'd be in her closet and literally she would have stickums all over her wall in her closet and she'd have a blanket where she'd sit down and she'd actually took that literally, to get alone in your closet and pray, and she would, and she would do that. And, uh, but what does that mean? It means just to, just to kind of get alone with God. Sometimes we've got to get alone and be with God. You know, it's a, it's a good thing to be around people. Some of us, I say some people like people better than other people like people. I know that sounds bad, but some people are just people people, right? My wife people person. I mean, she just loves to talk to people. She never meets a stranger. When we went up the first time to look at the camp where Emma is at in Pennsylvania, we stayed at this place. Matter of fact, it was an Amish farm. We were being very adventurous. I'm not very adventurous when it comes to the places that I stay, okay? But we were being very adventurous. It was over over top of their barn where their horses were. Gorgeous place. Beautiful accommodations. I mean, it was... Matter of fact, you can't even get in there now. I mean, they've caught on and they're booked for a solid year. You can't hardly get in there. Well, we met these people. Great Amish people. I mean, just super, super nice. And, and uh, this is how I meet people. Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. I, I, it's nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, you too. Okay. <laughs> That's my conversation on the telephone, too. I mean, I get off as quick as I can. That, I mean, that, my wife, on the other hand, mm-mm. No, she knows your ancestry. She knows your genealogy. She knows, I mean, she, she wants to get to know everything about you. And now she has a pen pal in Pennsylvania, mother and daughter, who write back and forth because we had the opportunity. Uh, Emma was with us, of course, and she showed her her... Um, her Bible, where she Bible journals and um, and writes in her Bible and draws in her Bible, just just, just something that she does. And the, the daughter of this couple said, "Oh man, that looks really neat." Well, we went out that day and I and I bought her a Bible, saw an opportunity to be able to be a blessing to them. Bought her a Bible, and man, it's back and two, back and two, back to. Some people are people people. They love to be around people, but I want you to know something. Sometimes. You just have to get alone. Sometimes you have to get where it's just between you and God. And when you do that, you can find rest. 
Not only when you rest from, you know, like if you're working in the yard. Uh, let me tell you, the older I get, the more I have to rest when I work in the yard or when I work uh, uh, doing something physically. I need, to, I need to get rest. I need to change my shirt more because, it's, you know, you're working outside. I've got to do that more and more. Bodily, physically, we've got to have rest. But spiritually, we've got to have rest too. In Matthew chapter 11, love this, I love this chapter. Look, at, look with me at the end of the verse, uh, or end of the chapter. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If you have a red-letter Bible, you'll notice these words are in red because they are spoken by our Lord Jesus. He says, Come Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want to show you in this passage of Scripture, in Matthew chapter number 11, uh, uh, two different kinds of rests. Two different kinds of rests. The equally important rest that we need to get uh, uh, as uh, people, as uh, human beings. You know, is it true that there are some people that have more energy than other people? All you've got to do is look. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't even know some people, and you look at him and say, yeah, he's got ADHD. I mean, bouncing around all over the place, and, and Kyle, my, my, Wendy always told me, she, she said through the years, and we say it even more now, we should have put Kyle on medicine. You talk, about, you talk about somebody that bounces around, I mean, he is just, he can't stay still, he got up to, Speaking, I can't stay still, but he's all over the place. He's got all sorts of energy. And then there's other people that have none. I mean, they have none. There are some people who have none sometimes because of a physical problem, right? They may be anemic. Uh, uh, they may have a blood problem. They may have a physical problem where they can't be as energetic as other people. But I'm telling you something. If we don't figure out that we need rest... We are going to burn ourselves out early, not only in life, but if we get a part in ministry as well. I've seen it time and time and time again, a young person going into the ministry, and man, they are just burning at both ends, and they are on fire. And listen, sooner or later, if you don't, if you don't find your rest somewhere, somehow, Sooner or later, you're going to burn yourself out. Look with me again. The first part of Matthew chapter number uh, 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What is he talking about here? I I want you to see two things. I know, usually it's three, right? So I'm doing better. It's only two. Now, there's lots of sub points under those two, but there's only two things. I want you to look at these two rests, because you'll find it again. You'll find it again in verse number 29. He says, and ye shall find rest, at the latter part of verse 29, uh, uh, unto your souls. And there's two kind of rests I want to talk about. Number one, there's rest for eternity, and then there's rest for every day. 
There's rest for eternity, and there's rest for every day. The first one we see here, right in the beginning, he says, All ye that are uh, 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 labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. What do we need? We need rest for all eternity. Can I tell you that there will be people in eternity that are at rest, that are at peace, and then there will be people in eternity that are in torments forever and ever and ever. It's a fact. It's biblical. It's in the Bible. So we need to understand that we need rest that's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Think about this rest. Number one, He saves us. He saves us. Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a good thing? Listen, the only way that you can get to heaven is through a Savior. You have to have a mediator. You have to have someone that... Because you can't die for your own sins. You can't pay for your own sins. I can't pay for yours and you can't pay for mine. It has to be sinless. It has to be perfect. It has to be without blemish. And guess what? We're none of those things. The best of men. Do you understand that? You look throughout the Bible. You look throughout history. And you look at the best of men. You look at people like David, you look at people like Peter, you look at people like Daniel, you look at people like Joseph, all these people that you find in the Word of God, none of them were perfect. None of them. So they're all faulted. So what does that mean? That means God says, listen, this is what God says, for us as human beings to be reconciled back to God, there must be a sinless sacrifice. Let me tell you something, without Jesus, you're without hope. Without Jesus, you're without heaven. There's no chance. We have no possibility. There's no way you can be good enough. There's no way that you can be baptized enough. There's no way you can join enough churches. There's no way you can accomplish it in and of yourself. It has to be through the person of Jesus Christ. He is that sinless sacrifice. 1 John 1.9, you know the verse. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, I love this next word, from all unrighteousness. See, He doesn't save us from a little bit. He doesn't save us from most of it. He saves us from all unrighteousness. And when you got saved, if you got saved and placed your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, then He forgave you past, present, future. We're saved. Our sin is under the blood. It is washed away. It is to be remembered no more. Praise the Lord. He saves us. We can go throughout the Word of God, the book of Romans, uh, uh, the book of John, and we can see where the Bible talks about that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone can save. Jesus said, I am the way. He's it. Listen to me, folks. He's it. You can come up with whatever you want to. You can you can make up with whatever you want to. There can be different religions and different denominations and different beliefs. But the bottom line is either God's word is right or it's not. And God's word says there's one way. So you know what that means? Listen, logical conclusion here. What does that mean? If there is only one way, 
then all the other ways are wrong. Now, that's not arrogant. That's not closed-minded, but listen to me. We ought to be as closed-minded as the Word of God. If God says Jesus is the only way, then Muhammad can't be the way. Confucius cannot be the way. Buddha cannot be the way. The church cannot be the way. The priest cannot be the way. Uh, a baptism cannot be a way. All those ways got to be wrong if there's only one way. So one way is exclusive, isn't it? One way means Jesus is that way, and He'll save you. Praise God, He is the mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And so we have got this rest for eternity because He saves us. Number two, not only does He save us, I like this one. He only saves us, He establishes us. He establishes us. Don't you love the verse where the Bible says that, that, uh, that God picks us up out of the muck and the mud and the mire of life and sets our feet upon the solid rock? Isn't that great? Listen, who's the rock? Can I, can I share something with you? It's not Peter. Peter's not the rock. Jesus is the rock. But listen, we stop there. I don't understand why we stop there. He sets our feet upon a solid rock, and then what does he do? He establishes our goings. He says, this is the way. Walk ye in it. This is the direction you need to go in. This is how you need to live your life. He puts the Holy Spirit of God inside of us to guide us and direct us. He gives us the written Word of God so that we might know the truth. And the truth, folks, is what sets us free. See, we're in bondage to this world. But God doesn't want us to be in bondage. God wants us to be set free. And we're set free in Jesus Christ. He establishes us. Look over with me in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 5. As you look towards the back of your Bible, 1 Peter chapter 5. Look with me in verse number 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 10. Verse number 8 is where we get the verse... Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about seeking who he may devour. But look with me in verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make ye perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Can I tell you that God gives you what you need to be a success. God gives you what you need to do what you're supposed to do, to live how you're supposed to live. God gives us those resources. God gives us what we need, and He establishes us when it comes to the things that we need. Uh, uh, He saves us. He establishes us. I like this one. He secures us. He secures us. I like to be secure. I like to know that everything's everything's okay. Now, there's turmoil in this world, right? I mean, you don't have to go far to find it. Um, But man, when you go out of town and you go to a different place, I I said this to Wendy on on several occasions when when we were out of town. I said, babe, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> this isn't Rankin. 
I mean, there are places that, that I've been where I thought to myself, man, I, I, I don't, I'm not really sure why I left my gun in the car. Seriously. When I go to a place to eat, I'm just kind of weird like this. That don't have, doesn't always happen. But I always like to sit facing the door. Because I like to know who's coming through the door. And if there's some crazy person coming, and some people, oh, you're just paranoid. No, no, no. I'm just, it's, just, it's just the facts of life, folks. It's absolutely the facts of life. Why? Because we're, we live in a fallen world. And people, listen to me, people are off the rocker. You realize that? I hope you realize that. Somebody, now listen, I understand the things that happen in this world, they happen because of sin. I get it. I understand that. But I want you to know something. For some person to walk into a school, shoot teachers and children, something's off. Do you understand that? There's something off with that. Some person that messes with little children, something's something's off. I get it, sin. I understand that. Listen, we're all capable of sin. I get that. But something's off. And I'm telling you, we're seeing it more and more, not less and less. As you look at it more and more, isn't it a great thing to have security? To know that you're okay? To know that uh, at my house, we lock the doors. At my house, it'd be a bad idea to come in at night. At my house, we are we feel secure. Now, can something happen to anybody? Sure they can. But should you be prepared? Absolutely. Absolutely. Before you ever build a house, you ought to count the cost, right? You ought to be prepared for what it's going to cost. And so, listen, I like to have at least a sense of security. In Jesus Christ, we have full security. I want you to see this verse. You've heard me quote it. You've read it before. But I absolutely love the idea of this verse when it comes to the security that we have in Jesus Christ. John chapter number 10. The gospel according to John chapter number 10. I want you to see these couple verses. John chapter 10, verse number 28. Let's, let's, let's go up to 27. Again, Jesus speaking. The Bible says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, we're not going to park there too long, but what an exciting thing that Jesus knows who we are. He knows our voice. My, uh, the guy that runs the ERM where Emma's at, has been taking pictures and videos and different things of the progress of the kids and and um, and they and they sent a video of the kids. Um, I say, I say, kids. They're all grown adults, but they're all. Anybody else do that? I, I looked at a guy at a restaurant yesterday, and I thought to myself, "How can he be serving alcohol?" The table by us had wine. I'm thinking, there's, he's a child. Don't you know, like 21, 22, 20, they're children. But anyways, so these kids, they're all practicing for when they're going on the road. And man, they're singing out. And, and all I can hear is Emma. You ever do that? 
And, and Wendy, she, <laughs> Wendy's so excited. She says, oh, she, she's up in the left-hand corner. Yeah, like I don't know who my daughter is. Babe, I, I, I know who she is. She showed several other people and said, Emma's up in the left. Yeah, babe, we know what she looks like. But you could hear her voice uh, over everybody else. Everybody else was singing. But man, I know that voice because I'm, because I'm close to that person. I've heard that person. I listen to that person. I care for that person. Jesus says, I, I, I know their voice. I know who they are. I know them by name. I know the very number of hairs that are upon their head. God knows us intimately. God knows us closely. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and, and they follow me. And I give unto them. Look, at this is what I want you to see, verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never uh, perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now think about this. God says this. Jesus said, listen, once you're saved, you're saved forever. You're saved for all eternity. You're saved uh, uh, forever and forever. Why? Because we are in the hands of Jesus. We're in the hands of the Creator. We're in the hands of the one who told the sea to stop it, the wind to knock it off. I mean, we're talking about the one who went and told death, you have no power. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came from the grave. We are in his hand. And Jesus said, let me tell you something, nobody can pluck him out of my hand. Do you ever do this when you were little or when your kids were little? You'd put them up on something. We used to do this. My, my wife, my, especially my in-laws, absolutely despised me doing this. But I would put them on something, like a car, and I'd step back a little bit and tell them to jump. And man, they, without thinking, they just leaped. Why? Because they knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that dad was going to catch them. And now, could I have dropped them? Of course, because we're human beings. But let me tell you something. If I dropped them, they would have had to take me to the hospital because something bad happened. Or Wendy shot me because I dropped them. But I used to take them, and especially Kyle, and, and when, especially when mom was around. Oh, man, I used to I just love to do this, see mom's face. Uh, I did it for the wrong reasons. But anyways, I'd take Kyle, and I'd chuck him up in the air. I mean, as high as I could. And he'd, I mean, he'd laugh and giggle and I'd catch him and mom would go, ah! you know, she'd scream and holler and I can't stand here anymore. I've got to go in the other room. It's like when you corrected him. Oh, please don't correct him, mom. Go in the other room. Come back later. This is what's got to happen. I've got to do this. But let me tell you something. They were secure. When we went out, when we crossed the road, I held their hand. They were secure. When I, hell, we'd go somewhere, we'd go somewhere. Uh, listen, you see some pictures, some old pictures of me? Pictures with no beard? I, 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 used to, I used to have this papoose thing that I'd wear. And one of, the, one of the kids, the smallest kid, would always be stuck in that thing. You want to know why? They couldn't go nowhere. And I never liked those leashes. I was never a big fan of the leashes, you know, that... But I know it's fine if you used it. I'm just saying. I, so we put, and we'd hike somewhere, man, they'd go on my back or go. Why? Because I knew they were close to me. 
Jesus said, listen, they're in my hand and no man is ever going to pluck them out of my hand. But that's not it. <laughs> look, look. So Jesus says, listen, you're safe and secure in my hand. But then he says in verse 29, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. You know what I think about? This is what I think about. I think about we are in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus is in the hands of God the Father. Now you think about that. You think about the security that we have in Jesus Christ. The security that we have in our salvation. The security that we have. I believe that the... Now now I believe people can be dumb. And I believe believe people can be stupid. Listen, can I tell you something? You're 5,000 feet in the air and you jump out of an airplane without a parachute... You deserve to bounce off the ground. I'm sorry. You don't, you don't jump out of an airplane and pray on your way down, God save me. What'd you jump out of the airplane for? I don't know why you jumped out of it with a parachute on. I mean, I can't even understand that. But you don't, you don't test God, right? So I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying I think things happen for a reason. I, I believe we have a birth date and I believe we have a death date. Now, I... Now, I think that you can shorten. Now, there's, there's scripture passages. I believe you can shorten things. I believe you can. But I'm telling you right now, I think that God works all things together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. And so what is God doing? God's saying, listen, don't be afraid. We're afraid of so many things. I mean, sometimes we just live in abstract fear. I mean, we're afraid of this. We're afraid of this. We're afraid of this. Listen, be wise as a serpent. I get you. Be wise as a serpent. But know this. God's got your back. Isn't that a cool thing? I mean, he's, he's got you in his hand, and God has got him in his hand, and no man is ever going to pluck you out of that hand. We have the security that can be given by Christ and Christ alone. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then you need rest. You need the rest that only comes through the person of Jesus Christ. You need the rest of salvation. The Bible says in John chapter 3, ye must, ye must, ye must be born again. You want to get to heaven one day when you die? It's not going to be off your good works. Not because you went to church or you gave in the offering. Not because you've been baptized. It's not because you're Baptist. You're going to heaven one day because you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that, can I plead with you this morning? Stop putting it off. Stop waiting. Stop guessing. Stop crossing your fingers and crossing your toes and carrying a le- lucky rabbit's foot. It has nothing to do with luck. It has everything to do with what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. As he suffered and bled and died. As he was put in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And then as he rose again the third day, the Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father. He is at the side of authority.
and He wants to save you. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning right back down. I pray for you. I got to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you anyway. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation. Preacher, please remember me in your prayers. Maybe you're saved. Maybe you know Christ is your Savior. Are you walking around in fear? Are you walking around in dismay? In discouragement? God doesn't want us discouraged. God wants us encouraged. God wants us to have the joy of our salvation. Know this. In that rest, in the rest of Jesus Christ, we are safe and secure. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning.